It's episode 123 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting in a Zoom meeting with DJ Mocha Loca herself. She's a singer. She's yeah. a, a songwriter. She's a DJ. She's a producer. She's a model. She's a photographer. I mean, she's literally the ultimate freelancer in her own words. I'm talking about Lakita Valan. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited so excited yeah I mean <laughs> truly when you think of a leading lady in Corpus I mean you are the like epitome of that because what I initially uh -huh. knew you as DJ Mocha Loca and I saw you do some sets uh most notably the one that you did for the arts museum it was whenever they were doing like oh I can't remember what it was called what the what the session was called but it was like during the <laughs> pandemic so they just had it live streaming the music and uh, you were amazing social, like creative distancing or something like that yeah it was so good uh, theories yeah yeah oh, thank you absolutely and then i'm seeing you modeling your clothes for your sister's store which i think is oh my yeah, god this is a shirt yes i've gotten a couple uh -huh. of bodysuits from her no i'm like obsessed yeah and it's because of you guys spreading the oh. word yeah like huge fan and that's shop a chantal right is the yeah. her yes. store yes oh that makes me so happy yes oh. well kind of like well how did i not know about this before anyway i mean 2020 was an enlightening year we'll just say that and then of course we're seeing you <laughs> in the photo shoot with fat knits and you're doing uh, the yeah. all pink i mean you are just uh, i mean a vision in those pictures and so thank you yes i mean like just thank truly you. absolutely and so i know that you grew up in alabama initially right yeah. Yeah. And so how did you make it to Texas? Okay. So um, when I was, so I was born and raised in Alabama until I was about 15. Okay. And then uh, my dad that raised me, my stepdad, um, he passed away when I was 18, but he's uh, my dad that raised me. So he was like, I want more opportunities for my family. Uh, he's very like technologically advanced. So a lot of things in our hometown in Alabama was kind of like slow when it comes to like technology or like the innovation, things like that. So he was always like ahead of the time and he just kind of felt like we need to get out, be in our, do our own little thing and be able to go to Texas where there's more opportunities and it's more fast paced. Mm -hmm. You'll be like surrounded by more people that are thinking like you so that way you can thrive. So that's really to my knowledge why we moved. Wow. And then, um, that was in like 2008 and I was, uh, in my second semester of 10th grade. And so after that, I've just been in Texas the whole time. Uh, we had moved to like Katy, Richmond area. Mm -hmm. That's not too far outside of Houston. So, um, yeah, I graduated high school. Then I went to college. In I Wharton, Wharton, right? County. Yeah, I went there first because um, I had got a full scholarship for like singing for a choir. A and full so scholarship? Yeah, they're paying for my dorms wow. um, and my choir classes and then the meal plan. So that's what they paid for. And then everything else was like financial aid. And then I worked, I actually was working um, at Target when I was 16 up until then. So I, anything else I saved up and I paid my way through school for like whatever the leftover was, you know, just to, I don't know, just show my, you know, show my responsibility and, and, you know, make it worth it. <laughs> when you spend your own money, you definitely want to <laughs> make it worth it. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I know. So I read an interview with you. It was through a Houston publication, but you were saying that at one point you were even working three jobs to make it work and like to give yourself a place. So that way your family could go there, you know, so they would have a place to stay. 
Yeah. Um, so like I said, after Wharton, I graduated with my associates and then I moved to Corpus because I went to A&M mm-hmm. Corpus and I graduated from there with my bachelor's. So um, during those times, like, like I said, my dad passed away when I was 18. So I would just say like just after my dad passed away, like, of course, that brought us like more closer because it's me, my mom and my sister and my immediate family. Um, and so like that just kind of brought us closer. And I just felt like, um, you know, we always wanted to make sure we had each other's back, if that makes sense. So Absolutely. just for me, like after I got my first apartment in 2014, because I was living on the on the school's apartments, we had had apartments there at A&M. But after that, I ended up moving like in 2014 to my very first, like my own apartment. So from there, I just kind of had a vow, like no matter what, I'll, I'll work hard and try to keep working. So that way, if anything happens to like my family, that we'd always have somewhere to stay. And they were kind of doing the same thing. Then after a while, my sister, uh, she's like four years younger than me, but then she ended up moving to Corpus too, and she got her own place. And then we were kind of doing the same thing, like just making sure that everybody was able to be taken care of. That way, if anybody ever fell short of anything or we needed each other, we could always just depend on each other and not have to worry about um, that. So yeah, I mean, I was working, working and doing the music at the same time. Like I, would, I was working at Victoria's Secret in La Palmetta. Oh, and I worked wow. at Buckle at the same time. Wow. So I had a couple of, I've worked at Victoria's Secret, the, cons- the consistent job that I had in Corpus, but there would be times where if there weren't like any manager roles open or like not enough hours, then I would just get another job so that way it can kind of offset so, uh, yeah, once I graduated college, I worked at Buckle. Then I was a manager there and working at Victoria's Secret at the same time. So I had no days off at all, like, because I was working, you know, a couple of days here, then working the rest of the week mm-hmm. there. And then I had to write after that, go do the gigs, go play at some, with something silky or sing with my band. Or and So people, when they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I'm like, man, I've worked so hard. And, I've, and when you really want something, like nothing's gonna uh, get in your way, you know. So. Exactly. Well, I mean, clearly, I mean, yeah. you're it's it's paid off because, I mean, look at you now. I mean, you're you're frontlining your band. Oh, Venus Lily. Yes, Venus Lily. Yeah. So, I mean, you're doing yeah. that in addition to doing your DJing, in addition to putting out albums, which I'm obsessed with. Audible <laughs> Velvet, by the way, it's so good. Oh, it's very thank good. You. Yes. Thank you. I mean. It's been on repeat. Like I literally have sunflowers stuck in my head. I have crema stuck in my head. Like I'm, Aww. yeah. Like I mean, so good. And so I want to back up a little bit. I know okay. that initially when you got into music, it was in choir. And so did you know already that, and it, like a church choir? And did you know already that uh-huh. you could sing? Like did you feel like uh, I'm pretty good at this? Ooh, Ooh that's a good question. So. <laughs> Growing up, I used to imitate um, Aaliyah, Michael Jackson, like like imitating their voice and then Michael Jackson's like moves and stuff. So I guess like I kind of I just always loved music and I, I wasn't the type, even now I'm not the type to be like, yeah, I can sing. It was just more like, a, I really <laughs> like music. I feel like I don't sound too bad. <laughs> so uh, being in church, like growing up around music, of course, I grew up around like my cousins and everybody like, harmonizing and things like that. So um, I would just say, I don't know if I knew then that I would be like who I am now. All I knew is that I love music. I love to sing and I would actually practice at it. Like I'd be at home listening to music and trying to imitate how they sound. So in my mind, the closer I got to how they sounded on the, on the songs, then to me, I'm like, okay, okay. Like if it's blended <laughs> and I mean, I'm doing something right, you know, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, just growing up after that, I, I grew a love for it, of course, and I started writing when I was 13 and just kind of 
coming into my own self, you know, experiencing my own life and just writing about it, you know. Yeah, so people who write their own songs, I have tremendous respect for. Of course, talented people who can sing, amazing. But pe- people who are writing and then singing just have a special place in my heart. And so do you... Aww. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, because writing songs, I mean, it probably comes easy to you. But for someone like me, I mean, I, I don't know how to do that. I mean, so did you just kind of just say, I'm going to write a song and write it? Or did you, you know, ask anyone or attempt to learn anything? Or did it just come naturally? I would say... Um, the music is the thing that can, that is that I'm the most vulnerable with. Like now, I'm I'm super vulnerable, very open. But like growing up, I was super private, and there's still things that I am really private about. But for the most part, I've definitely gotten better than what I used to be. So I would say music was more of my outlet where I could just sing about it and be vulnerable. So in doing that, it came naturally because all I did was write about how I felt. Like, you know, whether it's liking a boy, whether it's like whatever it is, like how the emotion that I felt would convey me to go and write about it. So that's that's what would happen. It's like if I get in trouble, I'm on punishment, you know, or if I like a guy, he don't like me back. Or if I just think it's a beautiful day outside or anything or anything challenging myself. Like I used to listen to um, Little Bow Wow when he he was Little Bow Wow. Mm -hmm. And I would go and try to be like a rapper. So I would go rewrite his songs, but write it with my own words, like just challenging myself on things like whatever would come to me is what I would, what I would do. That is such a good idea because it's almost like a little creative exercise, right? Because initially you did want to be a rapper, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing? Because people would crack me up when they ask, they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, man, I used to want to be a rapper. Not that I didn't want to sing at all, but I definitely used to want to be a rapper because of Bow Wow and because of like, I just felt like it was challenging for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I guess, I guess you could say because maybe singing came easily, Mm -hmm. but it just made me want to be like, Ooh, like every time I heard like a nice rap song and then I took pride in being able to say things without having to always put like curse words in them, you know, like, you know, we all, I mean, we, but just in my music, you know, (laughs) Oh, for sure. No. uh, Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I appreciate rap, you know, across the board usually. And, um, but you always notice whenever somebody puts something out there that is just so eloquent and they, and you realize like they never said a negative thing per se, like they never cursed per se. And and it's pretty impressive uh, whenever people do that. But so what made you decide like, eh, I don't think I want to rap. I think I'm just going to stick with, with singing. Well, so, so I do still rap, but I guess my, I know that there's like things where you try to define yourself as like your main thing. Yeah. So like my main thing, of course, like I said, singing comes easily. I enjoy singing. Like I enjoy them both equally, but like singing is like my first baby, you know? So it's like, it's going to come out naturally. Like rapping, I'd have to, rapping's not hard, but I'm not so invested in it to where I would say, I'm like this best rapper out here. I'm trying to, I'm coming for everybody. Like, it's not like that. Like I enjoy rapping and I feel like, I, I feel like I'm decent, you know, at, at having some bars or whatever. So I just, I just want to get out things the way that I feel them. Yes. So depending on how the beat makes me feel, depending on like when I'm creating, just whatever comes to my head. So it's not so much like, oh, well, I'm a singer. So I kind of got to stay over here. It's like, I want to show people like that I have dimensions and I have different ways that I can sound and the way I can transform my voice to be like whatever, you know, versus being like one genre or, 
or one style or like this is my flow and I'm sticking to this. And of course, there's things that I have that when you hear it, you'll be like, oh, that's Lakita. Like, of course, like, you know, like just like everybody else. But for the most part, I want to I like to challenge myself and try to grow and and be in different avenues. So that way I want to be stuck to one type of style. No, and to me, you've definitely done that. Like, I mean, not only amongst your singing, not only amongst like your singles, but also in all of the different creative outlets that you have. I mean, you are definitely exhibiting that you're a multidimensional person. And so I want to go back real quick and talk about when you said that you feel you're most vulnerable when you're writing and singing music. Because I listened to, uh-huh. to your songs and I'm like, man, like, you know, to kind of talk about you know, how you want to be loved up on by somebody or something like that. And I'm like, uh-huh. yes, I love hearing you sing it. But like, I, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, right? And I'm like, could I write that? Could I sing that? Could I put it out there, right? That these are feelings and thoughts and emotions that I have, not necessarily just about that, but whatever it may be. And so were you nervous uh-huh. about that whenever you started out? Oh, <clears throat> uh, for sure. I think more nerve wracking because like, when you're putting them out, sometimes you're like, oh, was everybody going to know who this is about? You know, things like that. Or like you said, just being, when you're vulnerable, the nerve wracking part is that when you put it out, you're not really, I don't really do things for, um, like you hope that people like it, but all I really, when I'm making music, all I'm doing is literally putting it out there so you can understand me. And there's going to be some people that rock with it and some people that's not, and I understand that. So, you know, I'm not doing it so much for be like, well, I'm doing it because I hope everybody likes it. Like, I hope everybody, you know, likes it. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's just me being vulnerable. So it's very scary because, like, that's your art. And if you put it out, you're having the risk of you're opening it up for positive and negative feedback. Like, you're opening it up. So I think that that's the scary part is knowing that, okay, I feel this way. Please don't take advantage of it. Ah, And -hmm. you just throw it out, you know, or please don't, like, don't laugh, you know, or something. I don't know, but that's how it feels. Like, you're like, here you go, bye. (laughs) So (laughs) it's definitely nerve-wracking, but as I've grown and and learned a little bit more about myself and then really just stopped caring about that, every project, every single, every video is definitely nerve-wracking, but it's almost like I just have to say, hey, who's ever going to love me and whoever's going to support me will, whoever's not, is not. I can't win everybody, but at least when you hear my music, you'll understand me a little bit better than, than you did before because I'm giving you pieces of me. I'm telling you what's on my mind and I'm being real honest about it and being open and vulnerable. So it's like, you can't be like, I wonder what she's feeling. Go listen <laughs> to the project. Like, you know, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely nerve wracking every single time, but it's all good. I have to keep going. <laughs> You make it look easy. I mean, really. I mean, well, and I think you just, just the way you express yourself is just so beautiful, whatever it may be. Um, a song that I really enjoy is Breathe. And I saw that video today. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw the video and I just love it. I mean, you just, you can tell you modeled, okay? Like, just, you just have it down. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, so that. <laughs> I'm all like. Because I mean, well, that okay. I mean, anybody who listens to the podcast knows, like, ultimately, your episode is for me to hype you up, and of course, get your take on you know whatever it may be. Like, truly, because you're really incredible. Like, I just, I just can't. Like, that video is so good, and the song is so good. Oh my goodness! So yeah, now I have quite a few of uh, your singles on my playlists. So 
whenever you went to high school is when you realized, oh, I can get a scholarship for singing. And uh-huh. were you in choir in high school? Did anybody kind of guide you and say, hey, you need to go to you know school for this. Like, you're good. Like, how did that come to be? So uh, what's funny is like, I kind of grew up traditionally, like how I feel like a lot of my friends have, like a lot of my creators, friends like you and you know, everybody, we, we, I feel like it's like an era or we all just kind of developed over the few years and was like, yeah, we're going to work for ourselves or, or yeah, we're going to like create and show you guys that this is like the mainstream versus it being like, oh, your little hobby or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I grew up very traditional where it's like, you want to get go to college and get a job that's going to yep. make you money like yep. that. So even though I love music so much, it wasn't on the forefront of my mind. Um, so I was actually, I love getting to know people and I love understanding people and just the way um, people work. So I wanted to be a psychologist for sure. Really? And so that, yeah, that's what I applied for college for. That's what I, I got accepted to TSU. And then I thought I wanted to go back to Alabama. So I got accepted to uh, university of South Alabama, both for, um, both for psychology. And then one day I was in choir in high school, but then one day, um, the teacher from Wharton came in and he was talking about scholarships and stuff. And I had never thought about a junior college at all. Like I was like, huh. Cause in school, everybody was acting like junior college, community college, like wasn't real college. Like yep. nobody, like nowadays, everybody's like, man, you better go to junior college first mm-hmm. or you want to pay mm-hmm. so much money. For but sure. Back in the day, they, kind of, they were trying to like compete and like, Oh, junior college. Ha ha. But then when he was talking about money and, and scholarship and I thought about it, I was like, actually, that's not a bad idea from a transition from a high school going to like a small, like a bigger school where it's not such of a shock when you just like this big campus, don't know what to do and, yep. you know, get caught up in things. So it still helped me focus. And then from moving there, moving to a bigger school, it wasn't such a shocker because it was like, oh, like I've been in college this whole time. Like now I'm good. Now it's just a bigger school, you know, for sure. So, uh, yeah, like one day I was talking to um, my stepdad that raised me. He was like, I thought he was on the wagon with the, you know, get a job and to make money because that's what it seemed like. And then one day he was like, Do, are you sure you want to major in that? And I really was sure, you know, but he was like, what's the first thing you think about when you wake up um, in the morning? And then I was like, singing. And he was like, well, then why don't you just do that? And I was like really shocked because I was like, are wow. the same parents? Like, <laughs> like where did this come from? This, this is the parents that, okay. <laughs> like, you know, we show everybody good. Like, that's how I felt, you know. But when he said that, I was like, oh, so I'm getting the okay. And then even then, I still wasn't sure because I was like, I mean, I don't, because I don't, I don't want to be a teacher. Like, I know I, I love helping people and I enjoy teaching people things, but I didn't want to be a teacher. I was, I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to be, you know, traveling and doing the thing. So I knew that, like, even if I became a teacher, like, I was like, I don't want to be just a teacher because I end up leaving the kids hanging because I'd be like, yeah, my career is <laughs> dropping off. Like, <laughs> bye. Sorry, I find a new teacher, you know. Um, so when he said that, I went ahead and went for the scholarship. And then the day I auditioned, um, the teacher, if you get chosen for both choirs, there was like a, I guess, like a chamber choir, which is a smaller group, but it's more like the best of the best. And then you have, just concert choir and so the the teacher he goes um well you made it into this choir and I go awesome and then he goes and chamber choir and I was like oh and I remember him saying 
that if you made it into both, you get the full, you get the scholarship. And then, so then he goes, do you have any questions? And I was like, scholarship? <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you a funny story. I still was going to go to school for psychology. Really? How much more like a, guidance do you need? Look, I didn't know. So as a, um, <laughs> before I went to college, I didn't know how scholarships like actually worked. I'm just being honest, like a high school kid. I don't think I know here, now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, uh, are you supposed to major in that? Like, because I was on the track team too when I was in high school. So I was just trying to be like in a lot of just well rounded so that way I could either get a scholarship for my academics or get it for choir or get it for like whatever. And so I was just doing it all. And then when he when I go there, in my mind, I'm still thinking like, well, I need the money. I mainly did it because I want to be in choir, but I need the money in order to go to school for psychology. Like, I wasn't even thinking. So then when he's like, when I go to scholarship, he goes, um, are you going to be a music major? And then like young me was like, Oh my God, if I say no, like, will I get this money? And then, so I go, yeah. <laughs> and that's how I became a music major. I'm being so for real. <laughs> that, that is, is a great story. story of how I became a music major. It's, it's me did not know anything about scholarships. And then me thinking like, if I tell him I'm not going to major in music, will he give me the money? Like, you know? And so I just go, yeah and he goes okay <laughs> and then i had to i had to be a music major i mean and so how do you feel that like your trajectory totally changed with like those small little choices you know and your dad literally redirecting you in a way you know like he kind of planted a seed yeah. that you hadn't even considered i mean how like looking back how do you feel like seeing it all come into fruition there's moments, you know, because like I said, like he was instrumental in being one of the ones that was saying, like, you want to go to college and get a job that's going to make you money. So that's why I never was like, well, I guess I want to talk about music. But like he played music like he was in the band. My mom was in the band. My sister was in the band. So like I came up in a musical like household where everybody played instruments and I was kind of like the only singer in the house. But so it wasn't like music wasn't like looked down upon or anything in my house. It was just more like career and making a name for yourself. Like you need to be able to sustain a living type thing. Mm -hmm. But once he said that, it kind of gave me the confidence to be like, okay. And there's moments where like, I look back and I'm definitely blessed that I went to school. Cause I graduated um, with music theater and dance. So I have a degree wow. in those, but so I feel good about the decisions that I made, but like, of course in the long run, the money is not, what it could have been if I would have gone through with psychology or anything, but I don't yet. have any regrets about it. Like I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's how, and, I, and that's what I'm saying. I have the faith. I feel good about the decisions that I made. I'm thankful that I honestly thankful that God like just placed those uh, opportunities in my life and that he was just like, just do it. Like I feel like a little voice was in the back. Like, even though you're lying, just do it. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I know you're lying right now. Just say you're a music major. <laughs> well, I mean, I really can't help, like, noticing that, you know? Like, it went from, you had your mind made up, but here comes this advisor or counselor from the uh, community college, and then your dad says something that's typically out of character for him, but very pointed uh -huh. at, you know what I mean? And, like, the timing of it is, is important. And then, and then yeah, you, just, you yeah. got the scholarship. Yeah, it was definitely in that same time frame, too. It was kind of like one of those, like, are you going to go do the scholarship thing? And I was like, well, yeah, like, I definitely want to go audition, you know, because you have to audition for it. And I was like, I definitely want to do that. Um, and, but in my mind, I was still 
saying like I need this to go to school like I didn't know I had to be but that's literally I, I'm blessed even that that teacher um Mr. Lempson he, he actually passed away a couple years ago but he he was instrumental to my life too like helping me out um there was a moment in time where I had to take like a summer class and they were just like we love you Lakita. like you can take the class and you can stay here so you have to keep commuting back and forth and wow. so I was there for like a month like in the summer it was cool like I just feel like everything musically anything with the arts like god just kept blessing me with opportunities or people in my life or the, a skill set a new a new skill set i wasn't djing i wasn't doing any of those things i've always thought it was cool i always wanted to but i had no idea like if you told that version of lakita that i'd be what i am today like that i'd be dj mocha loco or i'd, I'd be ultimate freelancer like i'd be like okay like I had no idea. I just feel like I'm not afraid to take um, take on a challenge for sure because I don't want to be complacent. I'm yes. not the type to be like, well, I'm good where I'm at. Like, I want to keep growing. And then every time God, every time I pray about something, like God keeps like revealing certain things, and I'm like, all right, am I am I doing the right thing or am I like I don't know? And it just feels like more doors keep opening up, or like I said, I'm gaining more. Um, skill set and so either way either way it comes like I'll take all of it you know I love that yeah well like you said I mean you're not afraid to take on a challenge and I think a lot of people can get held up with that you know the fear can debilitate them and they don't want to try anything they're scared to you know not be good or uh even to try you Mm -hmm. know the the fear of failure is very real for a lot of people it can be for me even sometimes so I want to talk a little bit more about DJ Mocha Loca how did she come to be Oh, okay. So I didn't have a DJ name for a minute, but I want to say 2000 and I know the years have been going by so fast. I'm just going to shoot one out and say 2018, kind of towards the end. Um, I was still working at, I was working at Victoria's Secret still, but then there was a moment where like I was working at Caller Times. And um and I saw yeah I had work I worked there for wow. a little bit before they like downsizing and stuff yeah <laughs> I worked there in the um, sales and marketing advertising department so I was like a sales rep just out there you know trying to get people to sign with us and then coming in and creating the ads and stuff like that's that. so, so cool really, that's what really helped me with my social media like I've always had the eye for it and I've always had an eye for photography and stuff but the way my page is laid out now yes. with how I have it, like with three, that knowing about marketing and knowing about how things capture your eye and even just being a part of the generation where I saw like the beepers and the flip phones and all that. And I had a flip phone and then floppy disk and all that. And then I get, I grow and then we like flash drives and then we have the laptops and we have like razors and then we have, you know, I do remember I, the razor. Yeah. So I kind of, grew as technology grew and then we're also here we were like right on the cusp of when social media like first happened and everything so I feel like even when you saw it like when YouTube first started everything was like webcam and like everybody was just like there to do covers like nobody was tripping about the quality Mm -hmm. and then over time I saw that people's bit were getting really invested in good quality videos and I saw people like so as I saw it growing in front of my eyes even before doing marketing and stuff I was like yo, like, in order for me to get followers, I need to change mine. So I had kind of stopped posting unless it was good quality. So mm-hmm. I was working on myself already. And then being, working at car times and working at certain jobs, I was like, okay. 
And so I think I want to say it was during the time when I was with them, or I can't remember, but um, one of the managers at Victoria's Secret was like, sometimes at Pink, we'll do events. And I'm, I don't know if you've seen where we have like a DJ in there. No, I haven't. That's cool. Yeah, so the pink side, there'll be moments where if we have like a special, we have a thing called Pink Friday, or we have like an after hours for our loyalty members who have the uh, the credit card or something. They'll have an after hours, and it'll be like two two hours after we close officially. Then it'll be like you come in for the after hour, and there's a DJ, and it's like a party. So we were doing that for a long time, but um, that particular time they needed one, and I didn't tell anybody. I was I didn't have my equipment. I just had a new laptop and I told myself when I get my new laptop, I'm going to teach myself how to DJ, but I didn't tell anybody. So it was literally like God, like literally yes. she's like, because I do music, they just assume like, Hey, you, they were like, you don't have to actually DJ, but can you like make a playlist and just bring your laptop and then we'll just plug it up and you can just like play songs. And then I was like, actually, I downloaded this software and I actually been practicing DJing. So, and then they were like, okay. And That's so, so I, that awesome. my first gig. Yeah, my first gig was Victoria's Secret. And then um, from there, people actually were, the customers were coming up like, hey, you you killed it. And I didn't even know all the transitions. Like everything I know now, I didn't know that. I just knew, I know what this song sounds like. And I was playing like the whole song. It wasn't like mixing <laughs> or nothing. I was like, that song, and I would just make sure the next one would come in mm-hmm. for no pauses or anything. And then um, I ended up, investing in um my little my controller i I went to a pawn shop one time and i i was like man i want one i walked in it was the only one just sitting there wait i'm telling you it's always like something yes i mean (laughs) these are my favorite stories these are my favorite stories when you were like obviously (laughs) meant to be heading the way you're heading like this is so good yeah i walked in i was like (laughs) <laughs> Does this work? Like, is it broke? And they were just like, oh, it works. I, I didn't nobody. And then the, since they didn't have all the cords and plugs and stuff, they gave me a discount. So it was just like, oh my God, I got a, a mixer, like a board for like a hundred and something. And the one that I wanted uh, was 250 and it was online, but it only had two channels and mine has four. So I can literally do four songs at, at the same time if okay. I wanted to, you know, so I'm like. So that was that. And then from there, I still really didn't. I don't know if I had a DJ name then, but I DJ for Victoria's Secret again. They asked me again, and then this time I had came in with my board. I was like, "Oh snap! Like I got my board now. What's up? I might not know what I'm doing with it, but they're not gonna. Know, they're not gonna know that you don't know. <laughs> you just make it look good, yeah, and sound good. And I had uh, my recent ex boyfriend. He actually uh, was a, he DJs too. So I asked him. I was like, "Hey." I've been doing more gigs and stuff now, but I don't really know how to use the buttons. That's really what I wanted to know. Because if I wasn't already talking to him, I would have looked it up on YouTube. Yeah. But because we were like talking, I know he DJs. I was like, yo, like, do you mind showing me? Because I had asked this other DJ in Corpus a long time ago to show me. And he was like, you have to love DJing. And I was like, but I'm asking you because I want to learn. Like, exactly. I, I am interested in it. And he was just like, but you have to like love it. And I was like, okay. I said, I, and I was making a joke with him. And I go, I think... You don't want me to learn because I'm I, I'm gonna get better than you. And he, and he was like, "That's not why." And I was like, "Okay." And then next thing you know, my ex uh, teaches me a little stuff about how to work the board. So I do give him like props on that because, like I said, I wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. After I kept practicing and get more gigs, it was like one of those moments where it was like, "Oh snap!" And I was like, "Yep." And then he tried to come back and like mm-hmm. mentor me, tail like, between the legs. Like, yep, oh, I'm good. 
Yeah, I was like, no, I'm good, thanks. Like, I have a mentor, thanks. And he's like, all right, well, I'm trying to tell you. I'm like, no, we're good, thanks, though. But I appreciate you. And I rock with you. You're still my homie. But I asked you. Yeah. And you didn't want to help. So, <laughs> and after that, like, Dick Sporting Goods. I did one out here in the Woodlands. I, like, wow. you know, I, I just started, like, yeah, like, I'm blessed that my first gigs were corporate because people see me as a corporate DJ now. And then I do events around Houston, but because of that, because of me doing those first, like people have seen that already. Like, oh, you did that Victoria's Secret. Yep. And then they have used me a couple of times before uh, COVID. They did. Even though I moved, they were like, hey, are you available on this day? So now I kind of feel like I'm their like official DJ. And it yes. feels good. Like, it's like, I'm a Victoria's Secret DJ. Like, who can, you know, who can say that? So then from there, somebody found me in Houston at this other like shop in River Oaks and they're, they're like, you know, they got money out there. So like when she was like, I saw you uh, DJing at Victoria's Secret and I looked up female DJs. And so now people have been looking more for females mm-hmm. to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah! So that's really why kind of it's been getting better too because everybody's like, female DJ, I'm looking for a female producer, female this, female that. Because now they're like, oh, women are cool. And like, yeah. <laughs> Surprise! We've been cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I, even still um, because, yeah, when yeah. you think of DJs, right, um, it is male dominated from what I know. I mean, the mm-hmm. only female DJs I know are you, Paris Hilton, I guess. And uh, yeah. the girl Lindsay <laughs> Lohan was dating in the early 2000s. Samantha Ronson. She was a DJ or is oh, a DJ, oh, but but that's it. So okay. I, I love that. I love that there's a market for you and obviously you're good at it. And I didn't even consider the fact that your starting off as a corporate DJ gave you that kind of professionalism for people to be like, she knows what she's doing. She can represent big names like that. Yeah. Because like a lot of times when you go places, like I've go places and I hear DJs and stuff and they can play like the explicit or whatever. But me personally, just a representation of like my music, I will automatically just download the clean version without even having the the dirty one. And then I started DJing at other places and they're like, you can play the dirty one. And I was like, oh, now I got to go download all this music. <laughs> now you need like two separate folders. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like ratchet and then, uh, corporate, like something. <laughs> something yeah, like exactly. That. <laughs> that That's so great. So tell me about Mocha Mondays. So they happen every second and last Monday of the month. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You are on it. Yeah. Except I forgot your band's name earlier. I'm so mad at myself, but that's okay. No, like you are on it. But see, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help. I would never just let you sit there and like struggle and be like, <laughs> get get your research I right. Know my band's name, but she, you know, like why would I? Why would I do that? Um. So, uh, wait, what'd you, what'd you ask me? What'd about you Mocha Mondays. So tell me about those. Oh, okay. So, uh, have you heard of the artist from Houston, Toby? Mm-mm. I don't want to mess his last name up because I feel like Houston would just murder me, but it's spelled like N-G-W-I. It's like Toby in Wigway. I think mm-hmm. that's how you would pronounce it. Okay. Um, He's like this dope rapper in Houston that kind of started out with these Get Twisted Sundays. Like he, he's a dope rapper in general, creator, but he um, started doing a series called Get Twisted Sundays. And then when I realized, like he was kind of laying out the blueprint for us, like showing us, like just if you don't, even if you're not signed, you don't have a team, anything like that, if you kind of just get a group of people that you trust and build your own team and just keep putting out content. And his content was very, 
um, powerful, but also very eye-capturing. And it was very simple, nothing too crazy, but it's crispy, it's clear, the outfits, even down to the material itself. And so he would just do like those lyric videos, like where it be him, and it was just maybe like the camera just panning in, but then at the bottom he has his lyrics. So he's like spitting real stuff at the same time, giving you like a visually pleasing thing to look at. And he would just be consistent with it. Um, I, I, there might've been other celebrities doing something kind of like that, but he was the one that kind of inspired me to say, you know what, I need something like that that's gonna um, force me to create. But also I wanted people to get more of a behind the scenes because I'm always posting behind the scenes on my stories, but I felt like I wanted people to get to know me and, and actually see my process. Cause mm -hmm. I can say, Oh yeah, I make beats. I can say I DJ, I can say I sing, but like when people actually see you do it, they have a different like level of respect or love for you. Yes. And that's what I wanted to get more personal and make people feel like they're a part of it. Like make people feel like, Oh my gosh, she's showing us. So I can just chill in my living room and watch this. And I'm getting to see how she's in the studio. Or I'm getting to see how she's making beats or just getting real personal. So DJ Mocha Loca, the name, uh, I just had a list on my phone and I was just, I knew I, I, I speak Spanish, so I, I love like the Latin vibes, but I also, I, I don't, I'm not a big coffee drinker, which will probably confuse a lot of people because of how I'm like, Mocha this, <laughs> on and coffee, and they're like, you don't drink coffee? I, I like the taste of coffee, but I'm not a, I'm more of a tea head for sure. Same. But um, I associate like coffee and caramel and stuff like that with sexiness yes. and, and black people, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. And even just people of color, like in general, like I, I associate it with like just sexiness. And so that's why I'm like, I don't ever just say, oh, dark coffee or like this. It's kind of like, it can be any of those shades. Cause like all, it, it comes in all shades. It could be cappuccino or it could be dark rose. It could be like whatever. And I just think that the smell of coffee smells good. Like the way it looks is just beautiful and it just reminds me of like feeling sexy but feeling like not like you're overdoing it for it's sure like a boho chic pinterest sexy <laughs> <laughs> i know exactly what you mean though <laughs> yeah because I, I bet the picture came in your head and you're like oh my god like <laughs> that is pinterest yeah you know? so um mocha it just reminded me like of my skin tone because i used to be like lighter than this but i love being outside and I love, um, I just love the sun. And so a lot of times like this shade of me, people be like, oh my God, your skin, the shade of your skin is like very mocha, very caramel, very peanut butter. And I was like, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> so I'm like taking notes, like, okay, okay. <laughs> and then, so I knew I wanted something dealing with like mocha. And I, it was like a bunch of names I went through. And some of them was like, I was gonna be like DJ Mocha Hannes. And I looked it up and somebody already had it. And I was like, what? And then I saw somebody was like DJ Mocha. Then I saw something was like DJ something Loca this or whatever. And in my mind, I was like, man, they stole all my ideas. And then I, I just went, you know, what about Mocha Loca? Because mm -hmm. like when you're DJing, it's like it, to me, I feel like Loca describes me perfectly on the on the DJing because I don't do like your traditional thing, you know. Like I'm not, I'm not. I'm not doing all that. I don't know how to do all of that. So I'm not gonna try to pretend like I do, but. I will literally, I could be listening to like The Baby or something, right? And then I will mix like, um, uh, was it CC, CC Factory? Everybody dance. Now, yes. Like, I'm weird like that, but I go by how I feel. No, I love that. 
I love that you, you know, throw like, in like non-traditional tracks, right? Because am I remembering yeah. wrong? But I feel like you threw in like a Fleetwood Mac track one time, like in into a set. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I was you. If, I don't even know what song it would be. <laughs> I think it was. Oh, I can't remember. The Thunder Always Happens When It's Raining song, I think. You know what? That was probably at Dick's Sporting Goods, to yeah. be honest, because they were like, play some country, play some this. And I was like, I'm doomed. <laughs> I'm doomed. And then one, the guy who actually uh, hooked me up with that gig, he just like gave me a flash drive full of a bunch of country songs. And I didn't know how to mix them. I didn't know what to throw in. I just looked around and I just played one and everybody was like... <laughs> And I was like, oh, oh my God. praise the Lord, because I didn't know nothing about this song. That is, so, oh my God, that's so funny. So whenever you're doing your your DJ gigs, were you already doing your, like, your singing gigs too? Oh, yeah. my So the singing, everything came first. Like, DJ Mocha Loca, I've only been DJing, like I said, towards the end of 2018, going into, like, 19, really. So I would say now it's been, like, two years going on three that I was been DJing but not mm-hmm. even really like the whole time I feel like last year was like my most prominent like 2019 going into 2020 was like the most prominent like okay I'm DJ Mocha Loca like hit, this is my name mm-hmm. boom 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 is I, I like I said I pray a lot so I prayed about I was like hey guy when I leave college like I want to get gigs I want to be able to perform and literally I graduated May Somewhere towards the end of May, early June, me and my friend, um, you know, you know, Frankie Stein. Yes, I love Frankie. Oh, so yeah, Frank. Yeah, so me and Frank Reyna, we used to be uh, season the day, season the day, you know, in Corpus. Like he, he was definitely instrumental into me being able to have my first gigs because he was very well connected already mm-hmm. from actually like being, you know, from Stinson and then living in Corpus like longer than me. You know, so he knows people. Yeah. And they were, they know he sings. He's amazing. So yes. They were, you know, but we became friends. Like we became like real close, like somewhere in the middle or ending of me graduating college. Like I just met him from a friend that was like, hey. I know a guy who does music and you should go link up with him. And that's how we met. And then from there, we've just been cool. Um, so, yeah, after hanging out with him, he was just like, we love singing together. And so when he would get something, he would always bless me with the opportunity to perform with him. Or they would try to book us together because they heard us singing together around town. So people started making us know we were a group. We weren't a group. We were just two solo artists who would sing together. But then people would, like, keep trying to book us that way. How cool but it worked is that? For a little bit. Uh, yeah, it worked for a while. We used to uh, perform at Stereo Music Bar. Do you remember that place? Was it off Airline? Where was that? Yeah, uh, it's off, uh, is it uh, Staples, like further down, you know where Fuzzy's Tacos is? Okay, and the, and the yes. discount tire. Yes. So it's like now this like uh, breakfast omelet place or something, but yeah. it used to be Stereo Music Bar. And so we would uh, be there and we were there every Wednesday was our like little day. And so he would, de- he actually DJ too. So he would DJ in between and we would have our little sets. And so that's kind of how it started. Then um, a lady named Belinda Trevino, you know her? Mm-hmm. She, yep. She, she's cool with Clarissa Serna and everybody. And so they needed people to open up for this um, AIDS awareness day. And it was also like to celebrate Freddie Mercury. And um, wow, yeah, we opened for her we sung there and then like i said people just kept seeing us and we got cool with clarissa then she was like i'm gonna go sing at um cast 21 i need y'all to open up for me like for a little bit so then it was just more like getting connected with her she threw wow. an event um when 
at the at the Flanagan's, the South Side location, it used to be where is ooh, that University Bar? University Bar. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's the one I was thinking like was Stereo Bar. The Moran and like Airline ish, yes. like Rodfield, like we keep going now. Yep. So it was like over there, Saratoga, I guess you would say. So, um, yeah, we, we she threw an event there, and then she wanted she called a bunch of local musicians to do this event because she was raising money for people with the was it the Wilhelmina floods and stuff mm-hmm. so she asked me to be a part and this time me and him weren't singing together like we did our own set we did our own thing and then something silky um adrian tello comes up and he's like who are you <laughs> and i'm like oh my name is akita Valon. he's like you have an amazing voice I, when we go up can you sing with us and at the time he had something silky and he had a rundown legend mm-hmm as he had two bands so that night it was rundown legend and he was like can you come sing with us like what do you know like we just love your vibe so i just told him like he's like do you know this song and i was like yeah i know that song he's like, all right when we go up we're gonna call you up and i go okay so this is magic and then people, yeah people thought that we rehearsed it like people really were like did y'all rehearse it i was like i just met him they were like what and from there he was like yeah um we're going to have you as a guest singer when something Silky plays. And they were playing at, oh, it's all these bars that are closed now. <laughs> yeah, Corpus the, is notorious for that. Talons. Talons. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I, that was my first time um, singing. Like, besides that one night, that was my first time singing with a band. So I didn't even know. Like, besides being in church and stuff, you know, but I mean, like, when I was growing up, thinking of a band i'm thinking rock i'm thinking like country i'm not yeah. i didn't think of like a band being actual chess musicians like playing music so like me thinking of a band like yeah i played keys like growing up and stuff but i i wasn't thinking of like i should get a band i was like yeah no so doing that i just got like a different type of rush and they started inviting me to sing with them more and they realized like they said it themselves they realized like how the crowd was reacting they're like wait a minute like like we on to something with this girl, you know. So I started singing with them. Yeah. Then one day, one day, uh, Tello was like, "Man, you know what? Like, you need your own band." And I was like, "My own band? Like, what would I do with that? Like, I don't even know what to do." And he was like, "I mean, I know, I know how to lead a group, but it was just more like a my own band. Like, mm-hmm. what, what?" So then he goes, um, he goes, if you ever do, let me be your guitarist. And I go, okay. And then everybody just started coming towards me. Like he introduced me to Ronnie Grove, who who was playing with Splendiferous for a while. And then he was like, yeah, I like, let me be your bass guitarist. And I was like, okay. And like literally the band just started forming because <laughs> people were like coming up to me going, hey, I heard you were building a band. I'm like, who is telling? <laughs> who is telling? This? Who is doing this? You know, but people were just walking up to me like, hey, I heard you're building a band. So uh, Kirk Anderson, he was like, let me be your drummer. But at first we had uh, Jonathan Cardenas, who was like a drummer with uh, Clarissa Serna. Mm-hmm. And I wanted him to be, because I knew him. But then like, uh, he was just really busy. So we just never got a chance to even like really form it. Yeah. And then that's how we formed the band. Yeah. My background singer, she was like, girl, let me come to practice. I can hum a little bit. And then I go, all right, practice on Monday. And she's like, what? <laughs> Wow. And that's how it formed. Venus um, Lily. I got name. it right. Venus Lily band. Yeah. Yeah. The name the name came from uh, my friend, my friend Nick, but I call him Marilyn. Shout out to Marilyn because he's from Marilyn. Mm. <laughs> Marilyn pretty much gave me that Nick as a nickname one time. And so when I was first like 
really putting my art on YouTube back in the day and stuff, I was trying to make Lakita Valon be my singer name and Venus Ali be my rap name. Mm-hmm. But it just became too much. Like I was like, eh, it's too much. I could I could do them all. Like I thought they needed two separate personas, but they didn't. So right. I'm like, all right. I threw that name. I didn't even use it for I used it like one time. And then after that I was like, Okay. And then so when I thought about when the band came about, I had the name already. I was like, I know what name has been neglected. <laughs> Venus Lily. And then everybody in the band was all, all of course me and my background singer were like, ooh. And the dudes were like, Venus Lily, that kind of sounds like a girly. And I was like, I mean, it's not like a discussion. Because <laughs> like I feel like if it's gonna be my band, then I then you know absolutely i'm not a i'm not a dictator i'm not like that like i'm not hitler or something but but i do have to stand firm on certain things like when i see a vision yep i do have to kind of like say hey you might not see it right now but just trust me on this one and then our first gig was that uh we we tried to get play around corpus and it was crazy because people for at least over a year and a half had already seen me perform and knew who i was but they were acting funny like all the venues were like well, we never seen y'all play. I said, literally everybody in this band has been on this stage, yep. but just with their band. So we're just a super band. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. And so like, what's the problem? And then we had our first gig was in Houston. How crazy is that? That is wild. In Houston, the first in Corpus. And I was like, wow. This dude found us on Instagram and was like, y'all are dope. Can y'all come perform at my showcase? And then we did it. We just started getting following. And then people saw we went to Houston and was like, oh, Still wasn't trying to book us though, but Squirrel, you know Squirrel? No. From Vino Mio. Um, Squirrel used to work at Vino Mio for like years, and he is definitely somebody who is instrumental in Corpus that is all about local music, all about getting us a chance, giving us a chance to get booked at a lot of places like Fernand's. And, mm-hmm. and um, so he's, he's more like a booking manager, really, but he's wow. also like a bar manager. So. It's like super dope. He was always at Vino Mio back in the day. And he was the first person to book Venus Lily as like who we are, you know. And then from there, we like packed the house out. It was like the vibe too made sense because we do like R&B mixed with a little rap. Yes. So it made sense, you know. And it was, I shot at the squirrel all the time because if it wasn't for him, like the same vision that I have with like uh, myself with trying to be corporate or trying to make sure that we're private parties, whatever, that's the ideal goal because of what I realized is in corpus like like no offense but it can happen anywhere but what happens yeah. is people get complacent they get really really comfortable yeah just playing at the bar and it's like that's not my only vision like mm-hmm. I know we have to do those things in order to get a fan base in order to grow but I didn't want us to get to the point where we're just known as a bar band exactly so I don't always take every single gig. I don't always take every offer that we get. Like, cause I, I want people to understand that we're not just some band that you can be like, Oh yeah, come in here. We'll pay all you guys five bucks. And um, we want you to play mm-hmm. for 17 hours straight. And we might give you a break. Like, yes. no, <laughs> no. And I, I respect this. that, you know, because you know, it's, it's important for you to know your worth and your arts work. And your your uh, your band's worth or whoever it is you're performing with, you know, absolutely, like, yeah, and, and it can get easy for some people to be like, oh yeah, like it's a guarantee that this band will play in the bar for like beer, you know, like some, and then that might yeah. be okay for some bands, right? 
but but not like you said if yeah. you ha- if you have a vision you have to stay true to it like i respect that tremendously you won't sell yourself short yeah thank you like I, it, it's definitely something that you know over the years like i said we did what we had to do but i'm i'm blessed because i'm ended up meeting kylie um cooper and you know carlos cooper and them so through meeting them and getting to know them a little bit more you know she's with the band mm-hmm. and that it's such a blessing within itself because they saw us perform at um, Art Ball. Yes. And she was just like, we love y'all. And from there, like, of course, the band was there. Everybody was involved in this. And so exactly, we've done private parties. We've done weddings. Like, what I like about being silly, too, is that we transform into whatever they need. So that's that was my goal. My goal was to never uh, be, be like, SOL if a member can't make it. Like if somebody is like, Hey, I want something real intimate. Then me and my guitarist will just go do the gig with just me and him. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like, I want a three piece. Then it'd be like guitarist, drums, bass guitars, or, and then me, like, you know, we, yeah. we transform to whatever the venue needs. And then also if the budget calls for it, whatever. So that's cool. How, how I ended up jumping back into like solo stuff was kind of um there's one time the exchange was trying to book venus lily again and what i got tired of happening is that everybody was so involved in their previous bands and they didn't see in the beginning like they weren't seeing like my vision like i was like you guys yeah. you've been in these bands for so long and i know you guys wanted the same thing but i feel like y'all wanted this and now it's feeling like y'all's creative juices are just like eh, because y'all haven't been i guess working that hard or maybe the momentum was there when they were first in their bands and now yeah. they're in a new one and it's kind of like they're not putting that same energy as like somebody would when they first are like okay this is our vision like what are we doing yep and i'm like dude i'm actually moving faster like the visions that i have are, is something that's gonna progress faster but i need y'all to stick with me it can't be like i'm only putting in this amount until something pops off because that's not fair and I feel like that's what they were doing in their other bands, which kind of make them be like, well, nothing's popped off over here, so I'm not going to get too much energy over here. But I'm like, if y'all move, if y'all rock with me, I'm telling you, I'm moving differently than the way y'all are moving. And I'm trying to get us there, but I can't do it by myself. Yeah. So um, it got to a point where they, there were a lot of times where they weren't available or even making sure that they could kind of be available so we could get gigs. And people kept trying to book us, and then we weren't – the whole band wasn't available or like majority of them weren't available. So I was like, well, I can't book us. Right. Yeah. And one day the exchange was like, I want to get you guys in there again. And I was like, I asked everybody, everybody was like, I'm not free. I'm not available. Um, so I asked them, I go, I play keys. Um, could I do like a set by myself where I'm singing and playing keys? Now I do this at home. <laughs> I had never, I've played at talent shows in public and stuff like that, but I had never like done a four hour set of keys and singing like by myself yeah but i was just ready to take the risk i didn't care i was tired of missing out on gigs i need the money and i'm like if i want to do this i gotta show them that i'm serious about this or whatever so then they were like actually that'll be dope we've never had that before and i go okay i do it everybody shows up it's like packed first time ever doing this i think i knocked over my music like it was i knocked over some stuff it was crazy like but it went well, like surprisingly. I was so nervous. Everybody was so supportive. It was like I said, it was a packed house. Everybody was like, We actually really love this. So I ended up getting more bookings by myself again. So now I wasn't known as the girl. Cause people, even when I created Venus Lily, they still were calling me, You're the oh, the girl from something silky. And I'm like, yeah. bruh, I was singing 
before I even met them. So like, mm-hmm. how did I end up becoming this girl from Summer Silky versus being Lakita Valon, you know? Yeah. So after like making a name for myself, I started slowly recognizing people be like, Lakita, oh, Lakita Valon. Or they'll be like, you're the girl from Venus Lily. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, when I say that, I was like, oh. So every time, every time just growing and just, you could tell just from the people and from the things that people say to you when they walk up to you, it's like, that's how you know. And it was very rewarding. Like, I didn't care if it was money or whatever it was, just knowing that what I was, my vision was happening and exactly what I was trying to shift was happening because of how people are responding to me or saying, like, calling me Lakita Valon versus just being like, oh, you're that girl from something silky. Yeah. Or people saying, like, hey, it's Lily, right? And I'm all, yes, Venus Lily. That is us. <laughs> you know, like, just. And it feels good. So my band, some of them have admitted it, but I was like, I shouldn't have had to do that in order for y'all to see that I was for real. Mm -hmm. But I felt like it was necessary in order for y'all to see that I was for real. Right. (laughs) And some of them said it. They were like, yeah, dude, I'm not going to lie. They were like, we trusted you, but like seeing you step out and do it on your own and really just like step back and we get to watch you from the audience is almost like, what are we, what was we thinking? Like, we know, like we know now. So we're here with you. And we're rocking with it. And it might not be, you know, having a band, you still kind of have people that, you know, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's. A little bit of work on on now. Yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) multiple, you know, different personalities collaborating. So, I mean, of course, I mean, that like the best bands of all time, you know, had disagreements or, you know, whatever you want to call it. So, of course. What I can say about Venus Lily, though, we're definitely a family. Mm -hmm. Like, we have never had any, there hasn't been any, like, fights or like anything like that it's just been more like i get on to everybody because i, I want people to be a little bit more productive or help me out because if we are going to be a family and we don't have a manager or anything like that we yep. have to put in equal amounts of work and i know i'm the leader but sometimes they would think like leader means like i'm gonna do everything and i'm like no like y'all can still be promoting y'all mm-hmm. can still talk about us try to get us gigs like so over the years it's definitely gotten better uh, our commission communication is getting better. We have a couple of new members. Some people like we lost a couple of drummers, you know, mm-hmm. but now I feel like the group that we have now is like, they're ready. And so I know it's been like a couple of years in the making and we've been talking about the same project we're supposed to put out for years, but I feel like this might be the year. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's so year. exciting. That's so exciting. Well, and what's oh. cool is y'all are growing together, you know, um, like you said, I mean, there might be new people in and out kind of thing, but like, you know, the core is, is growing together and that's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's just going to make yeah. this all the better. And plus, if there's anything that's been a constant theme about you is the timing is always right when things happen. So if you feel oh. like, I mean, truly like the, the your timing is just impeccable. So you'll know when it's time to pull the trigger on that particular project. Yeah, honestly, too, like I said, a lot of it just comes from praying and manifesting and just believing. And uh, no matter, like, how many naysayers you have, no matter how many people think you're crazy for doing what you're doing, like, if you really want something, it's not even about proving anybody wrong. It's just, like, if you are going to go against the grain and be really just an outcast of the norm or whatever you want to call it, you literally have to make yourself say, okay, why am I doing this? And then go hard at it and don't stop until... Don't even stop at all, but like pay attention and just keep trying to grow and then look back and still try to reward yourself in those little moments so you could so you won't be so hard on yourself. But I mean, 
you just can't if you believe in something you can't make you can't let anybody like stop you at all relationships friendships nothing you know and, and i've definitely lost a few you know friends but it wasn't because of music it's just like life in general but For sure i can't let anything stop me from what i'm trying to do so the band's good like i said we have a good vibe like uh, they've always been great we've always been a great band which made us like how we are and which makes me like a lot of people be like well if it's like that then won't you just kind of like get a new band like i'm very much like family oriented and i'm very much a believer in the people that you work with like need to vibe yeah we grow together we've known each other for like five plus years now so it's like we have we know each other outside of the music too exactly that makes us bond on stage you know so it feels good I, i'm thankful um me moving to houston was back to houston was because i if i started noticing for too long the complacency i didn't want to get uh, sucked mm-hmm. in <laughs> and, you no know, you have to do what's I'm best for you to, yeah yeah i'm strong enough to not have gotten sucked in for like how long i was, I was in corpus for like since 2013 until uh i moved in 2019 I moved but um even then it's just like when I was there I felt like I was just fighting against like come on y'all we can't be late we gotta be can't be procrastinating we can't be because mm-hmm. everybody be so chill out there like even the people that own the venues will be like sorry bro I was late why <laughs> the place? Like, why are you late you know it's just like the whole like oh we get there we get there oh, we're chilling starting the hour late like I don't like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and so that's not how I was brought up like in college and stuff. Like when you're in school, they tell you like rehearsal is rehearsal, but you're not supposed to rely on just rehearsal to know the music. You yep. to go home and yep. outside of that. So that's how my mind works. Like if I want to be successful, I need to come in prepared. And even if everybody around me want to be lazy or wants to be procrastinating, like I can't fall into that. So what made me move was like, I told myself, okay, I didn't even know I was, I wasn't even knowing that I was going to end up moving one day. But I told myself, like, each year I'm just trying to grow to a point where I don't have to keep begging people to play, to perform. Like, begging venues to let us perform or let me perform. So I got to a point where I built my name up so much out there that I don't have to live there anymore. And I'm planning on doing that to, like, wherever I go in the world. It's like, if I'm there for a significant amount of time, Mm -hmm. my goal is to, like, grow here, grow enough to where I build a rapport that if I wanted to leave or move somewhere else, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about like, oh, they're going to forget me. Like, it's like now, no. you know, so I'm, I'm thankful for that because I, I thankful for Corpus. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for people that believe in me and that are just like, yeah, like you're still Corpus. Cause I talk about Corpus all the time. Like when I'm here, I'm like, yeah, like it's in Corpus and in Corpus and everybody's like, why'd you move? And I'm like, well, no, like, I well, mean, we're glad you did though, but like, why'd yeah, you move? <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it's just part of your journey and your story because your story has just been absolutely incredible. I mean, I could talk to you for hours and I just appreciate you so oh, much for <laughs> spending some time with me and talking to me and, um, Guys, whoever's listening, check out Lakita on Spotify or Apple Music, literally anywhere that you can stream music. Uh, BPM Verano is an album. Uh, Audible Velvet, I have that album on repeat. It is so, so good. Um, In addition to her singles, um, she has her YouTube channel with some music videos. Um, She has her Mocha Mondays also on YouTube. Check those out. Um, her Instagram at Valenista. And then you also have a a few other handles. Uh, Plug those. 
Yeah, so if you guys, um, to make it easy for you, if you do want to just check out LakitaValon.com, um, it's L-A-K-E-I-T-A, Valon, V-A-L-O-N.com. It'll have, um, at the top of the page, it'll have all my social medias. And then in my Instagram, particularly, you'll see everything that I'm affiliated with mm-hmm. is in my bio. And I, it's a lot. But, it's a lot. Um, yeah, it's I, so I impressive. Growing, so. <laughs> I was like, it's a lot. Because what's funny is like those things on there. I'm doing different things on each of them. Like mm-hmm. the fresh oranges, I'm the DJ. And then uh, for now you got it. Like I'm on the podcast, but I'm also the videographer. Then um, for I spit open mic, I'm the videographer. And then, uh, so it's like, I'm doing different things on all the handles. So it's kind of yes. like, you get to see a difference. Yeah. I truly had no on. idea until I really started digging deep. And, um, I'm just amazed by you and just thank you so much again for being here with me tonight. And uh, I just, thank I you. can't wait to see and hear what you do next. Thank you. I have a project coming up. Um, like I said, hopefully me and Zilli will be having our stuff out. And then I have my next project coming up. My goal this year is to, to roll out a little bit more music videos. So I try to plan in my head, like, you know, you want more music, but then, people always want more music and you're always creating more music, but I have to be careful about how I roll it out because mm-hmm. like, I don't want it to get lost and then people forget about the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So right now I've just been focusing on um, some more of the music videos from the previous two projects while I'm still working on the next project, you know? Yeah. So I'm trying to stay ahead, but like, I want to be able to give y'all more visuals too. You know, I don't want to just be like music, but no visual. And I'm trying to get better with the visuals too. Like every music video, I'm like, okay, I always have the vision, but you know, sometimes um, in the past, if you work with people, like it might not come out like how you want. Yeah. And I feel like breathe like at the bar. So like breathe. So good. Video, like working with Green, like oh, he's amazing. So, so that's good. At the bar. Yeah. I saw that. So that one, and then like morning coffee coming out, and then Rainbow Diamonds coming out, and all those things. Like I'm just trying to grow and keep keep that bar high because like once you set the bar, you're like oh, <laughs> I can't, I can't drop it. Oh, you're, you're... I don't even think I answered your question about I don't even think I answered the question about the Mocha Monday, but I guess Toby inspired me and it made me feel like I needed something. Yes. <laughs> no, I you totally Toby said that. You totally said that. Okay, cool. I was uh, like, I don't even know if I answered that. I just went on and on. No, this is a, such an incredible conversation and you're just... <sighs> like I said, I mean, we, it, all of your fans are just in awe of you and are cheering you on. And we love hearing you sing and we love seeing you explore every Avenue that your heart desires. So just keep doing it and and keep inspiring us and and we'll be, we'll be cheering you on. Thank you. Um, all I want to say to everybody is that, you know, the main thing I'm trying to do is everything that I have always wanted to do while I'm alive. Like, you know, at first I thought it'd be too much. Like, people were like, oh, my God, she does too much. But in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Like, do what you want. Like, if you're serious about it, just go for it. If it fails, cool. If you don't fail, even better, you know. But you'll never know until you explore those avenues. And I don't feel like people should just stick to one thing. Like, if you have a desire, if you love cooking, but then you're like, but I also love sewing, but then I also love music. But if you're really good at it, just work at it. And then now we're in an age where, everything's a business like you can yep. just come out and be a freelance like I've always been interested in these things but the rollout like you said like it started with just singing and getting a fan base and then the rollout like I literally created my photography Instagram last year even though I've been doing it for so long mm-hmm. my sister gave me a camera 
another camera. So she gave me a camera because the cameras that we had were like, you know, not all that. <laughs> uh, she gave me, uh, you know, it wasn't with the times anymore, you know. So, uh, and that was before, like, I don't know. She had these cameras already, but I didn't. And I didn't have like an updated phone. I think I, the last one I had was like the 8 Plus, And then now I have the 11. But before wow. that, my 8 Plus was good. But like 10 was coming out. All these phones was coming out. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to use my phone. And then, like, from her giving me that, I just decided, you know what? I'm going to use the camera, and I'm going to start doing a series. I was like, what would I call it? What would I do? What would I say? And then I was like, what would it be about, you know? And I was like, maybe I should just show people that I'm not just making it up. Like, I'm not just saying that I'm a photographer. I'm not just saying I'm a yep. DJ. So I just wanted people to tap in. And it was very hard. Not very hard, but a little hard last year, you know, 2020. Of but course. the fact that that the one year anniversary is technically tomorrow it was january 13 but last year the 13th was on a monday so i was like i mean i'll just talk about it this monday so absolutely one one year anniversary of mocha monday yeah well that's something i definitely noticed with your video quality it's excellent it is so good you do an amazing job on that with the graphics the editing everything very good well i was wondering i'm like who does her videos and then after i saw that you had your ultimate freelancer um, you know, photography handle, I realized, oh, she does her own. And then well, I think you tagged yourself too. Um, mm-hmm. that you're the one that produces the I videos. Yes, I, I agree. Tag- I was like, oh, snap. They're like people don't even know. And I'm like, all right. So even with the photos, like I have my tripod set up and I'll take a bunch of photos of myself. Or if I do have somebody with me, they use my phone or something. I just take them back and I edit them. Yeah. What, what gave me the inspiration to edit even better was um, when I went to Denver. Cause I was like, when I travel, I like to take dope pictures. And I was like, I want them to look dope though. Like dope, dope. Cause the only ones that I had on my page that were like super dope was all my photo shoots. And then mm-hmm. all the rest of the photos were good. Like they weren't bad or anything. It still went with my little flow. But after going to Denver and I downloaded Lightroom, Adobe Lightroom, I just started like mm-hmm. playing around on there, creating my own presets and saving some and then just kind of going in there and just doing it. And I was like, oh, it's about to be popping. <laughs> like <laughs> I felt it coming. I was like, oh. And so now I'm kind of mad because I set the bar for myself. And there are times where I get really tired. And like even yesterday, posting the Mocha Monday, I had to actually take those pictures of myself yesterday. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to take any pictures. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> but you still did it, though. You still did it. Yeah, I was like, I just did it in my friend's living room. I was like, oh. and then I took them. And then once I started editing them, I was like, oh, these are actually kind of nice. Yeah, you know? they're really good. You always look so good in your pictures. But you also just know how to take a picture. The camera loves you. Like, you're just excellent at it. Uh, girl, you just giving me all the good vibes. Well, Thank you. Have you I, seen I, the I'm, pictures? I'm, like, hello. They look so good. No, I, I don't think, you know, I think that's what, I don't be thinking about, like, myself like that. I literally just know what I want. I just try to pray on it. And I, I, I do want to inspire people. And I'm just thankful that I've got, like, some really positive DMs from a lot of amazing people that have told me that. So when I hear great things like that, all I can do is just thank God and say, hey, like, whatever you bless me to do, maybe, like, maybe I'm doing it, you know. I'm human, so I know I slack every now and then, but... I also want people to understand that I am human. So you won't see me post all the time. Like, I don't care. Yep. I know people like, if you post every day, you'll get more engaged. 
I don't care. Yeah. I'm human. If I don't feel like posting, I'm not going to. And I want people to understand, like, you're going to stress yourself out trying so hard to do the algorithm or do whatever yep. when it's like, just be for real, be yep. yourself until you're able to get a team that's doing that for you every day. Like be for real and just mm-hmm. be who you are. Don't feel pressured to do this because it's the algorithm or you got to do it because if you don't, like you're not, you're going to lose follow. Like, I, I don't care. Yeah. Like I'm not, I don't have time to be worrying about all that. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, that's to me, you know, your work speaks for itself, you know, like to me, you know, it's great if you know how to manipulate, like you said, the algorithm and stuff. But at the end of the day, like the people are here to see you whenever you decide to post and people are here to listen to what you pro- uh, the music that you put out and like see your band perform or, you know, what, whatever it may be, the, the photos that you take. So that to me speaks more for itself than like your social media game to me. But I'm also like not on the younger end of the millennial spectrum. So I don't know. In any case. No, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think that's why, too, though. I feel like if I was, like, super, super millennial, like, I'd then I'd be like, oh, my God, I got to post every day. Like, what am I going to yep. do? Uh. Yep. But, like, I don't care. Like, I really am just, like, I'm in the middle. It's like, I understand we have to do this in order to get, yeah. you know, out there. But I don't also want to just throw something on Instagram just because. So, I mean, exactly. I want to show people that. And it consists of photos, too. I know a lot of people, like, or like, well, then the music, but I'm like, I have to post photos too because I do model and stuff. So I want to, I yeah. want somebody to look at my page and literally say, what does this girl do? And when you look at my page, you can see everything that I do. That's yes. all I want. It's like, when you scroll, you're not confused. Like, well, is she a singer? Is she, uh, is she, uh, like, mm-hmm. you're going to see videos, you're going to see modeling, you're going to see DJ, you're going to see photography, you're going to see all of it. And then, you know, so that's, that's all. Oh yeah. I'm all about quality post over quantity you know and um i think that's what yeah. you're getting with because all of your posts are quality and uh yeah i think you're doing social media perfectly i mean i think like ev- the way you're doing everything you're literally just like you said praying for it and receiving guidance and then making the move like it's perfect like you are literally being divinely guided for which way to go and uh, uh-huh. <laughs> tru- uh truly like i i love this story so much and i can't wait to share it and i just again like really appreciate you being here and and uh hanging out with me and being a, a leading lady thank you this has like been the best ever like i am having so much fun i'm i'm thank you for having me thank thank you corpus for everybody for still even considering me like a part of corpus because like i said i always like corpus is always here home to me you know so I've never ever once like left and been like, well, I'm done. Like even when I'm in Houston, I'm like, well, I was in Corpus, you know, <laughs> like you don't be trying to, cause I feel like Corpus definitely played a major role in just who I am in general in my adult life, you know? So I'm just thankful for y'all for always still supporting me and still, even though I moved, understanding why I moved. Like I haven't got any bad heat for moving. Like nobody's been like, well, you left so like everybody's like, yeah, you're in Houston now. Like, how's that going? And it makes me feel so much better because I was nervous about that. People may think, and like, well, then why? And she's not even here. But I'm like, I will still come back and play here. I will still support people here. Like, I share y'all's businesses. Like, I still try to do my very best to show like everywhere that I was at that's instrumental to my life is still going to be important because without this and that and this and that, I wouldn't be, you know, able to be who I am. So. I appreciate you for having me. I'm 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 happy and I'm excited to hear this. 
congrats on your podcast and just all your interviews that you're doing. Like, keep keep going. Hopefully, one day we'll be like on the road or something. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lakita.